Hi, this is Pastor Wade Foy coming to you from First United Methodist Church of Lake Jackson. This is our weekly message. We're so glad that you have joined us. We hope this message will bless you. Well, thank you to all the ladies in the church. I don't know where we would be without you, without y'all. It's uh, incredible all, all that I've seen y'all do in the, my time here and just all the ladies in our lives are just so special. Today we're uh, honoring you. Uh, we're also going to pick back up here with our sermon series where we have been going through the post-resurrection appearances of Jesus. Today we're looking at a passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 1 through 11 where it's kind of a, a sum up kind of sums up all the appearances that Jesus did after he rose from the grave, which is appropriate because next week we're going to look at the last of these appearances um, where Jesus uh, ascended. We're going to look at Christ's ascension next week. So we're going to dive into the word here. Again, this is 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 11. Please hear now God's holy word. Now I would remind you, brothers and sisters, of the good news that I proclaim to you, which you in turn received, in which also you stand, through which also you are being saved, if you hold firmly to the message that I proclaim to you, unless you have come to believe in vain. For I handed on to you as a first importance that I in turn had received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, and that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Caiaphas, then to the twelve, then he appeared to more than 500 brothers and sisters at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to Mary. For I am the least of the apostles, unfit to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And by his grace toward me, and his grace towards me has not been in vain. On the contrary, I work harder than any of them, though it is not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Whether then it is I or they, so we proclaim, and so you have come to believe. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. God, we give you thanks and praise for your word. We ask that you would open our hearts, open our minds. Let us hear from you this morning. Let my words be of you, Lord. Amen. So as we come to this passage in Corinthians, it seems like the church of Corinth needs a reminder that they are in a place where they need to be reminded of what Paul had taught them when he came to them. And so he sends them this letter as a way to remind them of many things. And one of the many things that he wants to remind them of was the most basic part of the gospel message. And he does that in our passage before he gets to those resurrection appearances. And he says that that most basic part of the gospel message is that Christ died for our sins. 
and that he rose again to give us new life. As Paul speaks about this, as he speaks about Christ's death and resurrection, he makes sure that they understand that when Jesus died, that he was buried. The reason why he does this, why Paul tells them this, is to make sure that they understand that Christ was really dead. There was this rumor going around at the time, and, and really uh, it, it persisted for, for many years after this, for about the first three, 400 years of, the, uh, of Christianity. There was this rumor that, that Jesus didn't really die, but that he just appeared that he died, and he just kind of I guess, hung out in the tomb for a few days and then decided to come out on Sunday. How he came out, uh, they, they, they don't explain. But he wants to make sure that they understand that, no, that's not what happened, but that Christ really died, that the Romans, they don't take people off the cross if they're not dead. When they put them up there, they make sure that they are dead before they bring them off of the cross. And he also makes sure to say that he was buried because no one would have buried someone alive. Having addressed the fact that Jesus did die and was buried, he turns his attention to make sure that they know that he rose from the dead. He does this because, Paul does this because he wants his readers, he wants the church in Corinth to understand that when Christ rose, when he came back from the dead, that he did so in bodily form. Again, another rumor is that when he came back from the dead, he only appeared to come back from the dead. This was like this, this circle, cycle thing. That in the Greco-Roman world where, where Corinth was in the first century, there was this idea about there was either no afterlife or that it was more of this ghostly kind of appearance. That if people came back from the dead, they would be ghosts. Y'all have heard of ghosts before? That's, that has persisted as well through the centuries for some. And so he wanted them to understand that, that he did rise from the grave. And that when he did, he came back with his body intact. And that when he ascended to heaven, that he ascended with that same body. And because Christ rose from the dead, it proves that there is an afterlife, that there is something after this life, after this earthly existence, and that it isn't some kind of ghostly uh, existence, but it's fully spiritual, that you get to be there fully in your spirit, and that one day those who follow Christ will be resurrected to new life in the new heavens and new earth when Christ comes again. So I, my dad was one who had, was, he had all these sayings. He had all these funny sayings. Anybody else have somebody in their life that had kind of sayings that they would say over and over? A dad, a mom, a grandparent, maybe somebody in your life. Well, most of the sayings that my dad got, I think, he got from someone else, that they were kind of passed down through the years. One of his more common sayings was, all of them. And uh, I'm not sure where he got it from, I'm not sure where he got that saying from, but I know that he made good use of it, because as kids, my brother and I love to ask questions. 
And I have noticed as I have become a pastor and a dad that my brother and I aren't the only ones. That this is something that a lot of kids do. Most kids love to ask questions. And especially the teachers out there, I think they, know, they understand this. And the questions really are one um, that, that come from the area of the who, what, where, when, why, and how. Lots of kids seem to like to ask the why question the most. And it kind of, this loop emerges when you start asking this. Kind of like this. And this is a question, I think Zeke, this is from a conversation with Zeke, the one that was snuggling his mama this morning. Why do I have to go to school? To learn. Well, why do I have to learn? So you can be smart. Why do I have to be smart? Because it is good to know the answers. Why is it good to know the answers? So you don't have to ask me. Oh, man, I love kids. I love the things that they say. My dad's uh, saying of all of them was when my brother and I would ask him how, or really how many. So how many cattle do you have, Dad? All of them. How many planets are in the solar system, Dad? All of them. It's a saying that, that both answers the question that's not specific about whatever the answer is, but it kind of ends the debate. And I have for sure used it with my kids at times as well. I've passed that on from my dad to them. Our passage makes it seem like there was a question asked of Paul. And that question was, how many appearances did Christ have after he came back? after the resurrection. And he answers, all of them. But what is great is that uh, my dad, may have, he, he knew how many the, uh, planets were in the solar system. He just was being funny. But that Paul does the same thing, that he probably didn't just say that, but that he talked about each of the appearances. Not them specifically. He didn't give full details, but said, uh, this, these are the ones. And he goes back to Resurrection Sunday. He starts on that first Easter and says that Paul and the 12 and many others saw Jesus that day. Then he mentions a time when Jesus met with 500 people. And what he says about that time is that most of the, those who were there that day were still alive, and that if you wanted to hear more about that time when Jesus came back, that you could go and you could talk with them. You could go and have that conversation. And so if you had those doubts, you could go and ask them personally. And then he mentions that Jesus' own brother, that Christ appeared to James, his brother, and that he also appeared to Paul on the road to Damascus. What Paul is trying to get across is saying that Jesus didn't just appear once. He didn't just come back on Easter Sunday and then just disappear the next day. 
but that he spent those 40 days after he came back appearing to many people in many places and times. In this and the other post-resurrection appearances and the accounts that we have gone through during this sermon series, we should have no doubt that Jesus coming back from the dead is a historical fact. And as such, we need to know that we, as followers of Christ, are a people of the resurrection. That resurrection is what our faith is strongly about. That it's about the salvation that Christ gave us because of his death, but also about the new life that he gives us by defeating death and coming back again. Christ's resurrection gives us new life in the here and now and in the future when he comes again and we raise again with him. The resurrection of Jesus is something that we live out as we put our faith in God. We have talked about how we as Methodists have something called the means of grace uh, or, or some, some call them uh, spiritual disciplines. And that these help us live our faith. These spiritual and practical practices of the Christian faith help us to love God and to love others. I remind you that we are focusing on these means of grace during this Easter season, which goes for two more weeks when Pentecost comes about. I am challenging each of you to pick one of the works of piety, those works that help us to connect with God, prayer and Bible study, these type of things. And one work of mercy to focus and grow on as well. Those works of mercy are those ones where we learn to love our other people in our lives more and more by doing things like helping build houses with habitat, by clothing the naked, by giving food by showing up in people's lives. And as we do this, as we grow in Christ, as we go about applying the means of grace in our lives, we know deep down about the resurrection and how important it is in our lives and how important it is in our world. We know this because we know God is good and that Christ still lives. Please pray with me. Lord, we give you thanks and praise. For you are good, you are God. You are one who shows up in so many ways, Lord. The resurrection appearances that are mentioned throughout the Gospels, throughout the book of Acts, Lord. Those places where you came and you showed up and you showed us the depth of your love by doing so, Lord. Lord, you still show up. You still show up in our lives. You still show up in our world, Lord. Help us to follow you. Help us to grow in you, Lord. Help us to have faith. Help us to grow in grace. Lord, we ask all these things in Christ our Lord. Thank you for joining us for our weekly sermon message. We hope this, this has blessed you in some way.
Please see our notes below for if you have a prayer request or if you would like to learn more about our church.